few and the proud. And uh, glad to see each one of you. Appreciate the opportunity to be in God's house. And uh, I never want to waste that. We. Um, thankful that God allowed us to be here. A couple things I want to say before we get started there. Um, I want to read something to you this evening as we get going here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. This will go along with um, Philippians 4 and 11. This will go along with our lesson. We should get something going here in a second. Boom. Okay. All right. I got to remember to touch this thing every 15 minutes, the mouse, so it don't close up on me. This will go along with what we're, we're hopefully we'll finish up with the uh, with our review of Acts this evening. We may not, but I think we will, because I'm not going to go in a lot of depth or detail. But just... Um, going with testimonies and things that different people have said, uh, I want to read this to you, and um, like I said, and, and comment on this as we get into the last part of Acts. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, a very familiar passage, but verse 10, if, if you don't care, and... Um, he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein he were also careful, but he lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to, be, to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to stop there. Um, I'm going to ask a couple questions. Does anybody remember who wrote the book of Philippians? I was going to say that should be a pretty easy answer, to be quite honest with you. Does anybody remember where he was at when he wrote the book of Philippians? Yes, it is in your timeline if you'd like to look at that and cheat, if you don't know by memory. There is something I have taught you from the book of Acts. What? Rome jail. Rome jail. It's called one of the four... That is correct. Uh, so we're learning. Now, commenting on a testimony and different things, I want to say this, um, and, I, and I'm like, you know, the testament was given a few moments ago on how it seems like some Christians get by with things, like I look and I say... Um, you don't let me buy with, with those things. How do you let them? Uh, and, and we talk about people growing and things. I think one of the reasons why some people don't see things important in a Christian life is because they haven't grown. And they're not going to. It's, I mean, it's just... I do believe there's people that are born again. I think they reach a certain level of maturity and God starts putting his finger on things in their life and that's when they say, God, that's enough. And that's it. Uh, now, here, they might enjoy this life a little bit more. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Obviously, the sunshine has drawn some people away. 
uh, and that's fine. Uh, that's okay. Uh, on the way here, Amber said, you know, we talked about this, and I'll openly say this. Maybe I shouldn't, but as I've been told sometimes I'm too open. Maybe I am. But she said, sometimes your frustration is coming out and you're preaching. I said, I definitely do not want it to. I don't mean for it to. I really don't. But myself, I'm thankful for the chance to get to go to church. I want to be in church. Uh, is there things I'd like to be doing? Well, sure. But this is really what I want to do. And I'm thankful that God's given us this opportunity. And in saying that, have I arrived by no stretch of the imagination have I arrived? I've got a long ways to go because I'll be honest with you, I have not fully learned yet in what sort of state I am therewith to be content. I try to be in a lot of states, a lot of times I am. I don't like it, but I'll say, you know what, this is where God's put me, this is the way it is. But there's times I'm thinking, God, how about let somebody else try for a while? Um, so anyway, if you remember, when we left off, we were in the book of Acts, and we're going to pick up in, in chapter uh, 23. It's, uh, it's like you're content, yet want more at the same time. It, it don't make sense, does it? You're full, but you want more, and you're content, but you want more. And I mean, it just is... God is the only thing, serving Jesus is the only thing I know of that makes you 100% completely content and yet wanting more. There's nothing else on earth that will do that or no one else. Uh, so on your timelines, for those of you that uh, have these, I don't think we got any, we got one more left if anybody needs one. Um, at the top at AD 56, excuse me, is where we'll be. Now, I'm going to skip through this in our Bible. I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, because, remember, this is a review. I'm not going to go back through it all. We're going to look at the map and kind of go through that. Um, now, if you remember, uh, we pretty much made it through 20, chapter 22. Uh, if you think back, um, Paul came to Jerusalem. He was arrested very shortly thereafter. Uh, the Romans... Uh, was going to scourge him to find out why such an uproar. And he said, I'm a Roman citizen. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, basically, he said, you know, you, you've not even tried me. You're getting ready to scourge me. So they left him alone. So the next day, they had a little trial there. And they brought the Sanhedrin in and said, tell us why you're mad at this fella. And so uh, he spoke up. And if you remember, and I'll let you guys go back and read this in your personal homework time and Bible reading, right? Right, amen. Um, uh, Ananias said, "Smack him." And one of the the Jews sent him by, hot off and smacked Paul in the mouth because of something Paul said. And they said, "You don't talk like that to the high priest." And Paul said, "I respect the office, although I don't like who's in it." Um, and so he realized that the room was half full of uh, Sadducees and Pharisees. So he mentioned the resurrection, which of course turned them against each other. They got in a big brawl, and then they turned all that on him. And so the Roman soldiers rescued him again. They took him up to Caesarea. And Cindy, while I'm thinking about it, I told you wrong last week, and in the back of my mind, I knew it wasn't. Caesarea, where he went to for trial, and Caesarea Philippi are two different places. And I knew it when I, just for some reason at that time, I thought that it was, but it's not. 
Caesarea Philippi is just north of Jerusalem. That's why it was a short bus ride. Uh, so, anyway, um, so it's okay. So somebody went up, he went up to Caesarea. We know he went with the Roman uh, guard. It's okay. And uh, for those of you that's on Facebook, you can't hear the... So, anyway, uh, maybe somebody needs to go check. I don't know. But anyhow, let me get back to this, focus on this. I'm sure the parents, because I think I know whose kid that is. Yeah. The teachers are back there with, with the child. The parents are. So they went into Caesarea, and there he stood before. Does anybody remember who, who he was before the first trial he stood there? Felix, then Festus, and then Agrippa. Felix had been in charge for a while, but he wasn't, he knew Jewish history, he knew Jewish background, but he wasn't as versed as, as a lot of people were because he, he had to learn it because he was, in, he was over the Jewish region. So he had to learn some of the Jewish culture. And then uh, Festus knew it, but really Agrippa was the first person that Paul stood before who really knew Jewish law. And Paul told him that. And he, uh, if you remember, uh, when he came Festus said, you know, I got this guy here. Felix dumped him on me. I don't know what to do with him. Um, won't you hear him? Well, he's been in jail here for two years. He's been, they've had him locked up uh, and really without any real cause. And so Paul went before uh, Agrippa. And if you look on your timeline, AD 58, Paul in prison in Caesarea, down at the bottom of 59, it tells us, he appears before Festus and King Agrippa II. Now, if you notice, the next thing in line, it said, Paul appeals to Caesar, so Paul is sent to Rome by Festus and Agrippa. Now, one of the reasons for this, and we get this from the Bible, we see this. Um, Agrippa looked at Festus and said, I could have set him free if he had appealed to Caesar. The man has done nothing wrong. He said, we could, we could have set him free. Some people believe, and I kind of agree with this, but it, it, again, this is not concrete, that if Paul knew if they set him free, he would have been lucky to make it 100 yards out of whatever structure he was staying in, and they would have killed him. There's no question. Uh, as quick as they could have killed him, they would have done it without any hesitation. They hated him. says, you know, Jesus told us if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And the more you become like Jesus, the more this world will hate you. And please don't get upset at this next statement. Some of the church will not like you either. Um, so anyway, I could give lots of examples there. But, um, so he appeals to and remember, God told Paul he was going to make it to Rome and testify before him. If you remember, Jesus told him that. So Paul knew he was going to get to Rome. He also knew this was a way without doubt he could get to Rome. He had done nothing wrong. 
He knew that he was a Roman citizen, so he had rights that your average person did not have. And he was using those at this time. Now when he said appeal to Caesar, uh, some believe he stood before Caesar himself, some don't. I really don't have an opinion. Normally, when a Roman would say, I appeal to Caesar, what he was appealing to was basically their Supreme Court. He didn't stand before Caesar himself. Some believe Paul possibly did. He may have, I don't know. So here's where I want to get to. So we've now appealed to Caesar. If you look on your timeline, turn the page. We also see that um, Romans uh, was written by Paul from Corinth. This was before his arrest, so keep that in mind. Turn the page. Now, in Acts 27 is where the journey is getting ready to take place. They're on the boat. Notice what, and Paul advised the commanding centurion, Julius, to harbor at Fair Havens on Crete, but they decided to go into Phoenix. The ship was blown off course into the Mediterranean Sea and crashed with Malta. Now, if you look on our map, and let me make sure we don't go dark here. So, here's Caesarea. They board a ship here they're being sent to Rome. So they go to Sidon. They pick up uh, some uh, goods and probably grain. We don't know for sure. Maybe more prisoners, whatever. They picked up some things. They went around. They came uh, to Myra and they changed to a grain ship sailing to Italy. So they changed ships. They come over to Sindus and they came down to Salaam and then to Lycia and Fair Havens. By the time they reached Fair Havens, winter was coming on. If you remember, if you remember in our studies, uh, you do not sail the Mediterranean in the winter. You just didn't do it. No, basically, it, that, that sea was shut down during the winter months from about November, October to somewhere around March or April. You just, you, wherever you was at, you better get comfortable because you weren't going to leave. And so he told them, he warned them to stay. If you remember in your Bibles, uh, the captain of the ship and a couple other people looked up at the sky and said, hey, we got a fair breeze. I believe we can do it. We got an Indian summer, so to speak. So they took off. As you know, the ship was blown off of course. It, they just drifted out to sea. And they finally came to the storm. And this is where the boat was tore apart. If you remember, it said they, they dropped anchor it was dark. They threw, it, they threw the anchors down and the waves came and beat against the ship to the point it was tore apart. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going too fast. Tell me if I am. So, um, when first this first happened, some of them, some of the people on board said, we're going to abandon the ship. And he looked at them and said, if you abandon this ship, people will die. At this point, they figured out. They didn't know who Paul was. They realized he wasn't an experienced sailor, but they knew he was hearing from somebody that knew what they were talking about. So they decided to listen. You can't see this little, I don't know if y'all can read this little block or not, but ship caught in storm 14 days. Tempest tossed, hope to be saved, given up. Paul encourages all aboard, saying only ship will be lost. So there are 14 days out here when it should only have been a handful of days. If you remember, our Bibles tells us that uh, it was dark most of the time because of the storm. Now, I don't think this was just a shower. Uh, for any of you that's been around and not under a rock the last few months, we have had some very bad storms. 
kind of uncommon for our area. Uh, I remember a few years ago, uh, Caleb was here during the summertime. I think he was here to preach for us. Or stuff. I don't remember. I think so. Anyway, we went to eat with him. We were in Abachi. Maybe. I don't think it was February. It could have been. It was summer. And uh, Rachel looked at us and said, do you ever get tornadoes? I said, nope, never. So we just don't get tornadoes. All of a sudden, we're sitting there eating and everybody's phones just start going crazy. I mean, you could hear the wind. I mean, it was unreal. And Amber said, we better get on the table. And I said, I'm eating. So, well, lo and behold, a tornado was going almost going overhead or right by us at that time. And so, this is the kind of storm, when, you, when I say storm, this was a storm, folks. This was one of those storms that, I mean, was tossing this little ship around, and they had no control. If you remember, it broke the mass. I mean, they had no control as what happened. So, look on your timeline. Everybody there? All right, A.D. 60 is when they got to Rome. Now, before we get there, I'm going to go over a couple more things with you. If you remember, they landed here. They had to stay a few months. Once they crashed, uh, the centurion, the guy who was the weatherman and the captain of the ship said, Paul, we'll listen to you. We should have. I think we'll just rest here for a while. So this is where Paul was bitten by the snake. Remember the snake come out of the fire? He said he shook it off. No harm come to him. So they said, this, first they said, this man is a murderer. And if you remember, I pointed out he was a murderer. They were right. But he had been forgiven. And so then once they saw no harm come to him, they decided he was a god, so then they'd worship him. And he said, no, it ain't because of me. So they get on another boat, make it up to Sicily, uh, come up to, however you pronounce this, then they make it up to Petuli, and uh, Paul is met by fellow believers. They stop three places. And they, they disboard the boat right here of Petuli. Petuli? How do you say that, John? Okay, good. Uh, and they go by foot up to Rome. I don't know why they didn't sail all the way up to Rome. I've yet, and I don't know why I cannot think to think about this, why they didn't go closer, because this was obviously a much further walk than this, nevertheless. And your Bible, your King James Bible, calls this three taverns. You see, three taverns. All right, it is not three beer joints. It is, that is simply what it's called. And if you remember, I told you why it was called that. Some of you remember, some of you may not. Um, if you want homework, I'll that why. All right. Now, look at your timeline. So in AD 61, Paul finally gets to Rome. Now on their journey, if you look at this little block, you see three lines all and fellow Christians, and they encourage him. So he is under house arrest for two years in Rome. During that time, if you look in the middle column, and over from AD 60, it says Paul arrives in Rome and is allowed to live by himself with a Roman soldier to guard him. More than likely, uh, he had, they would, about every four hours, a new guard would come on board. And they would be chained to Paul. Uh, they'd be shackled to him. Uh, and so he was allowed visitors in his house pretty much at free will. Now, I want you to stop and think about this for just a minute. 
and try to focus here just for a second. You look over to the right hand side, we've got 80 or left, we've got 8061, 8062. Look what he did. Paul writes Ephesians from Roman imprisonment. Paul writes Philippians from Roman imprisonment. Paul writes Colossians and Philemon. More than likely, there's a good chance we will not have these four books because I don't know that he would ever slow down long enough to write them. And now, I want you to go back. When you get home, I want you to read that fourth chapter of Philippians. When you read it, remember, he is in prison. Part of what he's telling the Philippian church is you have sent people here and have seen to my needs while I am here in prison. You have visited me. You have taken care of me. You've done all that you possibly could do. Keep in mind, he's in prison when he writes that. So we got these four prison epistles. Everybody remembers what they are since they're right in front of you? Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. Right? All right. Now, Paul is there for two years. Now, in the book of Acts, I want you to turn to the last chapter in Acts, which is chapter, somebody know? 28. You can look in your Bible. Go down to verse 30. Now, in that chapter, the Bible tells us that he had Jews come and meet with him. He called them to come and meet with him. He explained to them why he was under arrest. Basically, he said, I've done nothing wrong. Uh, He told them what happened. Some were happy with him, some not so happy, nothing new there. And now we jump down to verse 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. All right, let's go back to our memory just for a minute. Who wrote the book Acts? Luke. Who did I say, or not just me, but who do we believe Luke was possibly writing to? Does anybody remember? The Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Who do we believe he was possibly writing to? Who was with Paul when he was going from Caesarea all the way to Rome. Somebody mumbled it. Good guess. Peter was in Rome and he possibly was, but we think he was already there. You've already guessed it, you just don't know it. You don't remember. Who was with Paul most of the time after his second missionary journey? wrote the book of Acts. You're laughing because that answer was so easy? I just said, who wrote the book of Acts? And I said, who was with Paul when he went to Rome? Anyway, um, let me give you a hint next time. It starts with L and ends with E. And there's a K there in the middle of it too. All right, because if you remember in the book of Acts, we are reading, look at verse 22. This is speaking of Jews, verse 22 of chapter 28, but we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest for us concerning this sect, 
we know that everywhere it is spoken against. So if we see we, that means what? He was there. No, that means more than one. That means plural. In the book of Acts, speaking of Paul, we often see and us, which means Luke is with him. A lot of Paul's travels, he was with him. Now, I don't know if Luke was beat. I don't know if he was imprisoned. I don't know if he was threatened. I have no idea of any of that. But I would say if he was with Paul, he was probably not very popular either. Pretty good chance that old boy suffered some things. But he, the focus is not on him. Does anybody remember who we believe Luke wrote the book, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts 2, who the potential audience was? I, I, I mentioned this to you as we've wrapped up. That's, you're on the right track. Go a little bit higher. Caesar. Caesar. He went to Caesar. There's a very good chance both of these books were written to Caesar. Now, well, the reason being is you've got to remember, the Romans were not studied or steeped in Jewish tradition and law. That was what Paul was in trouble for. He didn't break any Roman laws. He broke, according to them, he broke Jewish law, although he did not do that. So it's very possible, we believe. Also, if you look, somebody turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Questions next week. <laughs> if I had time, I might try to write them and give them out Sunday. I don't want to pay myself too much. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody read that. Triestes. Theopolis. All right. Now, if you go to your Bibles in the Gospel of Luke, guess what it opens up with? Theopolis. All right, we don't know who this guy is. There's speculation, the idea, but we really don't know much about him. It's possible because Luke, was Luke a Jew or Gentile? Gentile, that is correct. It's possible that Theopolis was somebody high ranking in, Jew, in Roman uh, citizenship, Roman government, we don't know for sure. But whoever he was, he was the right person to take these letters to the Roman government, to Caesar or to the judges and lay them in their hands so they could read about the Apostle Paul before he ever came before them. That is the common belief outside of our information, which is the real reason. But Luke's purpose in his mind at the time for writing the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Now he had no clue how far reaching these two books were going to go in life. He didn't know, he didn't know that. But that's, that's very possible what happened. So that is also why the book of Acts just suddenly closes. If you notice, that's a weird way for this book to close. And it's just jam-packed with bam, 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 bam. One, one thing happening after another 
And then we get down to, well, Paul lived two years there in prison and teaching everybody about Jesus. And that's that. I mean, it, you know, that's kind of an, it's like there's no end to the story. So let me point some things out to you. All right, in AD 62, on your timeline, okay? Now, Paul continues in Rome under house arrest. Cassie, good guess. Peter comes to Rome and writes 1 Peter. Paul's released from prison imprisonment. Here is what we do not know. Paul either leaves for Spain or first visits Philippi and Corinth along with other churches in Isaiah and Macedonia. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and just sum this up. If you look down this rest of this timeline, there's other books written um, if you look down to the bottom in AD 64, so Paul leaves Titus at Crete, and Paul writes Titus from Corinth. Um, if you look over on the right-hand side, I do want to point out some things to you. All in the far right corner in AD 64, Rome is burnt. Citizens believe by Nero. Rome begins its first, and if you flip the page, persecution of Christians. And then if you look also at the top of the page where it's got A.D. 65, 66, 67. So Paul goes to Corinth and writes Titus. The epistle called Titus. Paul spends the winter in Nicopolis. Nicopolis. Anyway. All right. We know that possibly Paul was in Corinth or, uh, or he left Titus at Crete because it tells us in Titus 1 verse 5. Most of everything else about Paul's life during this time outside of a couple verses is purely speculation. We just don't know for sure. A lot of people believe he went to Spain. Some do, some don't. Some uh, believe he went... Uh, one place we do know he went because he wrote about it uh, was Macedonia, I believe. and Somewhere else in the top of my mind, I knew I'd forget. But... Um, he mentioned it in one of his writings uh, that he was he passed through somewhere, and the only time he did, it's up in this area. These are the churches in uh, uh, Revelation, your, your seven churches. But wherever he went, I don't remember where it was at. It was up in this area, and it was the only time that it was ever mentioned. If you look at the timeline. That's the only time he could have ever went there was after he was released from Roman prison the first time. There was no other time he could have been there. That is about the only place we know for sure that he was at. There's a couple other speculations. But for the most part, we don't know for certain where he went after he was released. Now in saying that, we got a pretty good idea he wrote Second uh, Timothy in AD 67. That's, that's fairly good, accurate guess. Any questions about any of that? I know it's a little bit confusing, but... All right. Now, I want you to look over to your right-hand column again. See where it said at the top, Herod's temple in Jerusalem was completed. It began in 20 B.C. Does everybody see that? All right. Uh, the Jews revolt against Rome. 
Drop on down, Romans at war of Judea, Galilee is conquered, 37,000 Jews taken to stadium by Tiberius. Excuse me. Nero enters the Olympics and as they declare the winner in every event, he enters. Nero is still, the, still Caesar at this time. That's why he won every event that he entered. Uh, who's going to beat him? Yes. Um, now, if you look down at AD 68, the book of Hebrews is written by an unknown author. It's the very bottom of the page. Um, we don't know for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people believe it was Paul. I'm not convinced either way. I'll be honest with you. Whoever wrote the book of Hebrews knew the Old Testament. I can tell you that. They were not an elementary student of the Bible, by no means. Whoever wrote that book, they definitely knew what they were writing about. Now, if you want to understand the book of Hebrews, go home and read the book of Leviticus. And you'll get a much better understanding of Hebrews. By the way, Leviticus will be one of the most boring books you're ever going to read. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. You're not going to enjoy it very much. I'm, I'm just being real. Um... If you look over to the right, the Essenes hid their scrolls in caves near Dead Sea to save them from the Romans. If you want to know who the Essenes are, go home and Google it and find out. You can come back next Wednesday and teach me. I do know who they are. <laughs> I've read about it. But you can find out if you have any computer literacy at all. If you don't, you will have, or if you will have, a, have to very, you have to have some library, biblical library books to find out. Go ahead and turn the page to the to I think it's the last page or next to the last page. Next to the last page. Um, a lot of this is just different information. Nero committed suicide. Gabala is emperor. Uh, we see a few people went through that at that time. Uh, Titus, if you look at the right hand side, conquers Jerusalem. That is not the Titus in the book of Titus. That is a different Titus. That's a Roman uh, soldier. Okay? But if you look at A.D. 70, July 1st, Titus assaults Jerusalem walls, battering rams. Um, now, if you remember back the previous page, we said Herod's temple was finished. It started in the B.C. 20s. Everybody remember that just a couple minutes ago? All right. But they used gold for mortar between the stones in that temple. That's the kind of building we're talking about. This was the most elaborate building that's ever been constructed. Maybe outside of Solomon's temple that he built in the Old Testament. But they used gold for the mortar. So that is why Rome tore that down to get the gold. If you remember, Jesus looked and said there not be one stone staying upon another when he was on earth. He was looked at the temple and said that. That's what he was talking about. And they destroyed it in AD 70. That is very well known fact, historical fact. Go on down to the bottom. Uh, you see AD 71. Notice it says the Jerusalem gold is used to finance the building of the Colosseum in Rome. The Colosseum will open in 80 AD. 
All right. 85 at the bottom. See that? Polycarp is bishop of the church in Smyrna. Now we get uh, John writes the gospel of John. He was the pastor of a church. Does anybody know what pastor church he pastored? First Baptist church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people would, some people would like, some Baptists would like you to believe that. What church did John pastor? How'd you guess that so easy? That's exactly right. See how easy some of my questions are? I think sometimes we overthink them a little bit. All right, now, the reason I wanted to point Polycarp out to you is he was martyred there in the Colosseum. Outside of the apostles, he was the first martyr for the church. Fox's Book of Martyrs, you will find him usually the first one in that book that it discusses. Because he, is, he was considered the first martyr after Stephen, but outside of the apostles or the original deacons in the book of Acts. If you notice, he was not on the scene, and Polycarp was not there on the scene of the book of Acts, but he was a very prominent preacher, pastor early on in the church. All right, any questions? We covered a whole lot of miles there in a short amount of time. But like I said, it was more of just a quick review. Any questions or comments? All right, with Amber's help, I'll try to get some questions ready to hand for you out to you Sunday so you can come to church Wednesday night and we will review just general questions about the book of Acts to try to concrete some things in your mind a little stronger. I'll, and then um, we'll start our new subject. All right, no questions or comments? Okay.